Uh, if only I had the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, no time for that. So what's going on? I currently have an ACS type model job, which I just found out yesterday is going away. Uh, but they have asked me to stay on and be part of the general surgery group. And when I started this job, I actually started partly part-time with them. Um, but they function as a group almost in name only. Uh, and it's very frustrating and it was very hard, um, being a mom to a small child for childcare and things like that and planning when you're getting called about anytime your patient shows up in the ER, um, during the day and, you know, any day of the week, whether you're already at the hospital or not. And adding on cases is a nightmare. You try and add a case on at noon and it'll go at 10 PM. So when you get called about these patients that are yours in the ER, you know, who you've seen in once in clinic or you've seen once before for a small bowel obstruction, you know, you can't get them on until midnight and then you're not even on call. So it's frustrating. So I left for the ACS model, but that's going away. And I don't really know how to ask for boundaries because that's what I need are partners who are supportive of boundaries. Um, because I feel like anytime I do, it always just gets taken as, oh, you don't care about the patient. You know, you only care about your family. You only care about you. You know, you have to have that continuity with the patient. So I don't know how to frame these discussions in a way that doesn't make me coming off bad. I think, I think the good thing is like, it's 2023 and like, medicine is changing like we're, we're we're losing too many doctors to burnout to like have people operate at midnight when it's when they're not on call like so what i'm saying is like what you need is not crazy it's it's very realistic and i think it's happening more and more and more like you have good standing behind where you're coming from in 1983 maybe not so much right and i and i know that but my problem honestly is that the like president of the medical association who you know is the one negotiating these decisions and whatnot he's an old surgeon so he has that model and so he's like i don't know how you're gonna you know become a good surgeon if you're never making that decision on when to operate um he said he just i don't know yes he said that to me he said, I'm, I, I, I'm not saying you're a bad surgeon, but I think you'll be a great surgeon in five years if you would do this. And he's like, I don't know how you decide how you'll, you know, make those hard decisions when you always sign your patients out. And it's like, well, I still am making those hard decisions when my partner sat on that patient for three days. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would work on that by like, he's allowed to say words and they don't, they don't mean anything. That's a good thought. I think it was like the last time I was coaching out here. I was like, man says words. <laughs> the problem is he has the power in this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, are you, what are you doing right now? Are you renegotiating a job? Yeah. Okay. I am. And they want you to I, stay. Like, literally two nights. Yeah. Two nights okay. ago, I thought I was out of a job and it, cause like no one talked to you. It's, it's all hearsay. So then yesterday I called and actually found the details and yeah, they're getting rid of the, you know, ACS department that I'm with, but they have asked me to stay, um, at, as one of the general surgeons in like the general surgery group who's now going to cover everything. Okay. I mean, I think you're doing the work of like figuring out what you want and then you communicate clearly what you want. What's what are you, are you able, worst case scenario, Say they're like, you're always on call for yourself. Like, is that, is that, what's your worst case scenario? Like, let's, let's go there and confront the, confront the, the beast. It's childcare. Cause I don't have any family around. But would you, um, would you stay in a model where they said you're going to be on call 24 seven? No, no, I'd be gone in a day. Perfect. 
You've had a solid boundary. The problem is they say, oh, well, you know, somebody else will take call it five or six. Like, I think it's six right now is what they do. But, you know, if I could negotiate that to four or five, that's great. But last night, one of the general surgeons had a call at noon about a patient and needed to go to the OR. And he got a time at 10 p.m. And he's not on call. So who? who... And my... Mm-hmm. You go. And so like, that's my like worst case of, um, scenario because I don't have family around. So I guess I would have to just come up with some childcare plan with my nannies where I essentially pay them to be available 15 nights a month when my husband isn't working or, you know, the 15 nights when my husband is working. Yeah. I mean, in like I I am not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to like I know I bring bring up your like bring up like this is where I'm I'm where I'm standing because at the end of the day you're gonna say these things are important to me and I'm gonna leave or I'm gonna stay and and change my life to fit their system. If they if they can't if they're unwilling to make it work for you, you either have to change to fit them or you leave. The good and you know, and part of coaching is to like open up the possibility of like, I'm not telling you to leave your job, but like if worst case scenario is I just find a different job that fits my family's needs. And now now yeah, you know you're I mean, bartering. That's your bartering chip. Yeah. And I mean, I honestly I already started looking. <laughs> um just to see what was out there. And that's how I cope with stress is a plan. Totally. So, um, I had, there is like, I, yeah, we don't want to move. We don't want to leave, but I don't, I don't know. So it's kind of like, I want to try it out and see what happens, but I want to negotiate in my favor, um, you know, and get what I need. Cause I feel like right now I have a little bit of power. I don't want to say power, but you know, I have a little bit of, they'll listen a little more. Whereas once you sign that paper, like that's all out the window. Yeah. And I, w- I would make it very clear in that paper. These are my boundaries. If these things aren't met, you know, termination of contract, breach of contract, extra thousand dollars for child. Like what, what you can, you would literally make shit up. Uh, like, but that's the thing is like learning, like you do have the power because you can leave and we might not want to leave. That's fine. But like, is our purpose in life to conform to what one agency wants us to do? Is that, is that our, is that what we're supposed to do to our families? Or are we supposed to say, I want to be a surgeon. I like it. So it could be a good job. My family comes first and there are other jobs where my family can come first. You are Friday morning. You are not asking for crazy shit right now. You're asking for like very, very normal, reasonable stuff. Be home for dinner when I'm not on call. Yeah. (laughs) Or even like the day. Yeah, that's that's mainly the ask. Boy, Friday morning is super easy to work with. You know, all she wants is to be home with her family when she's not on call. (laughs) This is not crazy. But like we we, like these dudes tell us stuff and then we're like, I don't know. They're really hard to work with. And I'm like, dude, you're actually really easy to work with. How about focusing on that? Thanks. I just I don't I I don't know. I Sorry, this is probably not super helpful coaching for anyone. Dude, else. this is probably super um, helpful coaching for everybody. <laughs> because like, it's, because that's the power of coaching is like you start to say stuff and then you're like, oh, I have all the chips. I can make this job work for me or I can leave. Yeah, I, 
which is way more empowering than like, they're going to make me do stuff I don't want to do. And how am I going to live with that? That's a good point. I, would, I, would, I guess I just don't know. I, I think, you know, I we, guess I like, just, you go. I said, I guess I just kind of frame it as, you know, I already told him, like, I want to stay, you know, I want to make this work. Um, and I just say, but like, this is what I think I truly need um, so that I don't get burned out and so that I am successful. Um, and kind of frame it that way. That way they, you know, have a successful surgeon who's functional rather than, you know, a surgeon who gets burned out and leaves after six months. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think, you know, because, because we all got trained in the surgical system and like our communication skills are like on a negative zero scale at all times. Like, you know, we are like, I don't want to be confrontational or I need to come across as aggressive. Like we, we just don't know of like, you can actually do this super loving. It's just an option. Right. Of like, I'm so glad I have the opportunity oh. to stay here. I really want to stay here. I'm so excited about this. This is what I need. That's a good one. That's that sounds good. Oh, and then, I, I literally was like last night laying in bed or maybe it was 5 a.m. I've woken up at 5 a.m. a couple days in a row, which is not normal for me. I'm sorry for everyone who does that every day and doesn't like it. Um <laughs> And I was like, I just need to read Never Split the Difference, like, this weekend. Dude, such a good book. I think I need to make the, make the time to do that in the very near future. Um, if that book teaches us nothing else, it teaches us that I, I cannot handle being a hostage negotiator. <laughs> it's like... Whoa. It's been on my list. It's been on my list to read for, like, months, if not years. Dude, let's just have done it. Let's make it a book club. Yeah, I've been meaning to, to like post like three different books to pick from and that'll be the third book to, and then we'll pick one. It's I like it's okay. I should read it again. Never split the difference. There is a there is a urologist who swears by that book and he'll like he'll like do the the ninja moves and I'll like I know enough that I can see what he's doing <laughs> and it works and you're just like watching somebody do that it's like Sorry, people who are on the call who don't know what we're talking about. It's an amazing book on negotiating. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think just, you know, okay. if we've done nothing else, I'm like, you are totally in the driver's seat. And you, you don't have to be okay. like, I want this or I'm going to leave. Right. Like, you don't yeah. have to say that. You just be like, I'm so excited about this. This is what I think I need to be to be successful. This is what I need. And if this doesn't work. This is not the good fit for me. Okay, that helps. Thank you, Kelly. You got it. We'll do a book club. Sounds great. Okay, I'll cool. Be there. Okay, so assuming good. I'm not, you know, operating at 10 p.m. when I'm not. Right, right. We'll see how we'll see how well this worked. <laughs> All right, we'll talk soon. All right, sounds good. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, everybody, we're warmed up now. Who else wants to come on and chit chat? I'm going to post never split the difference, die with zero. And because I had talked to somebody else about that. And then um, how to do the work by the holistic psychologist. And then we'll pick up, pick one of those books, how to do the work. And we'll do We'll do one of those book clubs. Maybe end of March, so we all have time. Anybody else have thoughts? I think that the, I'll I'll just riff while we're waiting for people to hold to raise hands, but realizing that agency of like, oh, I'm residency. We don't really have this, this agency because you're kind of like a kept human in training. But once you're out of it, like realizing the agency of like, I get to decide what's okay and what's not okay now. And I don't have to just keep 
doing what's not right for my health, not right for my family to give and give and give. I was talking to my partner this week because he's having like a hellacious call. The ER is nuts. And we're just talking like medicine will take and take and take and take from you. That's its job. Like it's hungry and it's super hungry right now because there aren't enough humans, right? Of like its job is to take and take and take and take. And unless you are the one who's like, this is how much I can take and not take. It's just a hungry, hungry beast. Chris Voss has been on a lot of podcasts. It can give you the gist and he's a fun interviewee. Oh, awesome. The art of letting people have your way. Does Chris Voss have his own podcast or he's just on other people's podcasts? I don't know. He's a negotiating ninja. I don't think so. That's okay. He doesn't need, he doesn't need his own podcast. <laughs> he's got a best-selling book. <laughs> But really, like, it's the figuring out what I want. And, like, once that's kind of rooted in you, then it's, like, the mast on a ship, right? Of, like, it's so it becomes so solid. Instead of, like, well, this person wants this, and when this person wants this, and this person wants this, is, like, this is what I want. And it's kind of that that way of being of like navigating yourself in the world. Like other other people are literally just saying words, you guys. And if we didn't speak English or the same language, we they just would it'd be gibberish. We just understand what they're saying. But like we have all the agency on how we want to respond, and we get we can get better at that. Like that is not something that come. I think that comes natural to like not me. Um. But like the the pause between stimulus and response that can get more and more, you can get better at it with practice. Anybody else want to chat about anything? Another, just another like snippet on boundaries, like how they define boundaries is like, you'd say they're, they're your boundaries. They're not another person. You can't tell another person what to do. Right. In as much as, as you can be like, if you don't take out the garbage again, I'm not going to be able to make dinner. I'm making stuff up, but like, you can't be like, you need to take out, they still need to decide if they're going to do it or not, but you're going to respond in a certain way to it, right? Of like, when I'm on call or when I'm operating at 10 p.m. and I'm not on call, when that happens, I'm, I will decide this is not the right job for me, right? So it's it's really like how you're going to respond to what happens, giving you all the you know control on your boundary because you really can't force anybody to do anything else. But you can tell them, if X happens, I'm going to YZ. Well, I don't want to keep you guys. If nobody wants to come on, it's totally fine. We can cut it short. Oh, we got sunny day. I just, I just had a question. I'm yes. How are you? Good. Um, Hi. I am pretty. 
I'm pretty new to um, the coaching program and I didn't know if you would be able, and it might be repetitive for people who've been on for longer, but to sort of the, the thought model and the, the process behind things, if, oh. if you don't mind reviewing it, if it wouldn't be annoying to everybody else. It, that is not annoying at all. And thank you for bringing it up. There are some people in here who've been in for like two years, like ever since we started. And then there's some people who like literally just joined. So this is like repetition's the key to adult learning. <laughs> like even like I listen to coaching one-on-one stuff all the time. It's just good to like get in your brain. So, so let me just pull my whiteboard out. Um, is your question or like, should I, should I kind of break down just what a model is? Yeah, I think what, what the model is and, um, I mean, I've been doing some reading and kind of listening to the past podcasts and, um, I see how it, you know, trying to work to sort of like, like you're controlling your thoughts or your, um, it's sort of your internal responses is what you can control, but, um, also kind of how to turn that into action items, I guess. Too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. The, the model is like, the model is like an insight tool, basically. And I think, I think, I think that's what mostly coaching has been for me and how I see it beneficial is like really just understanding insight as to like what's happening in your life and like on repetitive patterns or why, why am I not losing the weight? Why am I not still talking to my mom? Whatever. Like just getting you the insight of like why things are happening. It's a very useful tool. The model's not like, it's not a registered trademark. It's not like, it's kind of just like uh, how the world works and you can like throw anything into the model. It's just kind of like a framework, which I think surgeons and like very analytical people feel very comfortable with because it's like, I think in flow sheets anyways, in like my surgery job, right? Like if this CAT scan says this, then I'm going to do this, right? It's like, I like flow sheets. And so I think the model works for people who like, like to think kind of linearly like that. Um, only to say like, this is not magic. This is not like somebody's trademarked baby. It's just kind of a, a way of organizing. Like, is this a fact? Is this a thought? Are these, you know, how to just organize things? So that's, that's my two cents on, on the model. Um, the model, like in its form that we use was kind of put out in the world by Brooke Castillo, but she, and she's like this big, big coach, but like she, even she'll admit this is like ancient logic philosophy the stoic philosophy eastern mindfulness like it's this is like kind of universal humanness this is not like it's not new it's not proprietary only to be like this isn't special it's just a different way of thinking about the world and and hopefully gives more insight into your life so you can have agency and change what you want to change in it so th there's there's my two cents on the model um so c t f a R C T F A R is the model and it stands for circumstance and circumstance can be anything in the world. You can even get fancy and put your, a thought in there and then analyze what you think about the thought and get meta on it. But really they want circumstance to be neutral. So no like adjectives. He was really angry is not a circumstance. You could say he spoke loud words. I hate you. Right. That's more factual than like me telling you what that person was doing. So you try to keep it as fact based as possible. Another way of thinking about a circumstance is. Could it be proven true in a court of law? Right. Would, would both sides agree on Tuesday? The car ran into a wall. Right. Um, so really trying to keep judgment out of it because judgment and adjectives and our interpretations are really our thoughts, right? Like something happens in the world, which is meaningless to me until I know about it and make a thought about it. Like maybe a bad example, there's a massive earthquake in Turkey. Had I not known about that, I would have no thoughts or feelings about it because it didn't come into my brain and body, right? It happened, but it was like neutral because I was off here doing my thing. As soon as I realize there was a massive earthquake in Turkey, then I can be, say, that's horrible, that's devastating, that's blah, blah, blah. So like circumstance and then my thoughts about it. Um, so that's circumstance. And then we always have thoughts 
about circumstances. Sometimes, especially if it's really heated or it's like a subconscious thought, we'll have a feeling first. But from this, like top, they call this the top down model is like, we're able to think I had a thought which made me feel something. Um, feelings are sensations in the body and how we believe, well, how we, how the coaches think about feelings is like all feelings are, they're not good or bad. They're all just sensations, but we like feeling some feelings because we think they feel good and some feel bad. But in our society, we really try to avoid those bad feelings. And in coaching, we're like, no, no, those feelings, they're important to feel. Like that's an end feeling. All feelings are part of the human experience. So like becoming friends with what sadness is, becoming friends with what anger is, becoming in in the sense of allowing it. Because when we try to push those feelings down, another one would be like an urge, like an urge to drink, an urge to overeat, right? Of like, I shouldn't be having that. Pushing down feelings can make them stronger and persist versus allowing the feelings can let them process through the body. They say feelings last about 90 seconds. Things we never got taught. So circumstances, we generate a thought once we become aware of the circumstance, which generates a feeling. Everything we do or don't do or stay neutral about is because how we want it to make us feel, how we don't want it to make us feel, or we're conserving energy, right? So our actions, actions come from feelings. Feelings, thoughts, circumstance. And then because of our actions, of what we do, what we don't do, or what we're neutral about, right, we have results in our life. Because I work out five times a week, my result is I'm a fit human being. Because of my actions of not getting enough sleep every night, my results are I'm exhausted. Right. So the results come from the actions and the actions come from how we're, how we're feeling or thinking about something. So that's kind of the rudimentary when people talk, they'll talk like, let's do a model on it. Let's get a model on it. Let's see what your thought is on it. They're kind of saying, let's break it down. The other nice thing about putting something in a framework like this is it allows you to kind of step back and analyze it a lot more than like being in it. Right. Because we, we, it's hard for our brain to kind of be expansive when we're like in the circum, in the situation of like, he made me angry. Like he said words. We interpreted them as he shouldn't do that. He was, I feel offended, you know, all of our interpretations. Right. So we can actually stand back and be like, well, what did he say? What are we making that mean? And I think the, the like superpower of the question, what are we making that mean can gain so much insight of like, my partner said X, Y, and Z, I'm making it mean that I'm not good enough. Right. And then you're like, oh, I have, I have control over that. Or isn't it interesting that I always feel not good enough? What's that about? Right. You always get like, you can get so much more insight because in our like pre-coaching world, people were just mean and then we realize, like, they're saying words. I'm taking it as I'm not good enough. I'm taking it as I'm inadequate. I'm taking it as blah, blah, blah. So the model really allows us to step back and look at something objectively to be like, you know, this is a really common pattern in my life. I've done my whole life. What if I was to think about this differently? What if I was to, to do something differently? Um, another way is if you say, I want a result, right? I want a result of a million dollars in my bank account. We'll just pick that one. So you can put in your result, million dollars in bank account. One mil. And then you can work backwards, right? And you can say, okay, what are my actions? What do my actions need to be to have a mil in the bank account? Save X a year, right? Or, or not spend X a year or whatever it might be. You can put your actions in there. What do I need to feel in order to do these actions? Might, I might need to feel confident. I might need to feel consistent. I might need to feel empowered, right? Like feel, so you can kind of like work backwards to create a result in your life. Um, or if, you're, if your current bank, let's say your current bank account is X, right? 
you can put that in the circumstance. My current bank account is whatever, $50,000. What are you making that mean? I'm, well, I'm making it mean that I'm bad at money. I am uh, will never be wealthy. I'm, you know, you, we make this, this is a neutral dollar amount. So my pe some people might think that $50,000 is like the most money they're ever going to get. It's how we make it meet. And if we're thinking, I'm never going to be wealthy, you're probably, those thoughts aren't going to give you the actions of saving, not spending, blah, 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 to get you there. So really like piecing apart, like what our goals are or where our current circumstances um, to kind of get where we want in life. Questions off the top of the bat for the intro 101? Anybody no, have a thank you. you know, thank you. That was very helpful. Another thing people, you'll hear us talk about a lot in coaching is the intentional model and the unintentional model, which is kind of just lingo for like what's going on right now is your unintentional model. Right. Like you're just living your life and shit happened. Do a model on it. That is unintentional. Like you didn't pick that. You didn't choose it. You didn't be, you didn't like consciously say, I wanted, I want to try to have this result in my life. So that's your unintentional model. And so that's, that's what we'll do. And, and we, a lot of times spend time just being like getting insight in it. And sometimes like feeling the icky feelings of like feeling in, inadequate sucks but let's like understand what that feels like before we can try to just make it go away. And I think a lot of like people like coaching is just, we, I just think coaching is there to make you feel good or like to, to get rid of bad thoughts and feelings. It's like, no, it's really here to like experience everything in life, experience like all the good and the bad, all the feelings, because that's what a full life experience is, is it's being okay with all of the life experiences and then the intentional model is like, partner says X, how do you want to think about that? How do you want to respond to that? And the intentional model is really taking the time, again, because we're sitting in our chairs and having a coaching hour of like intentionally choosing. I want to intentionally choose to not respond to my partner when he says Kurt things like that, right? And so that's, you can work your intentional model. And I think that's really the like, what actions do you need to change your life? What actions do you need to reach your goals? To, to cognitively do that work so that you can then rely on that when you go out in the world and be like, I'm working on creating that space between stimulus and reaction. I'm working on not spending all my money so I can be that person with all the money in the bank account, right? Like, so then you, you've got this tool that you can then use in the, in the future. I just did a model. I just got coached. I'll do my, I'll do what I just got coached on. I'm trying to eat less sugar, you guys. <laughs> and my thought is it's very hard. Okay. So I did a circumstance. My circle, I'll, I'll do my, I'll do my unintentional model and then I'll do my intentional model for this. So the circumstance is goal is eating less sugar. Goal, decreased sugar. And my thought is it's hard. Now, I might think that the, it's a fact that eating less sugar is hard, right? That feel, it feels very true to me. But there's people out there that don't eat any sugar and it's not hard for them, right? So like empirically, I can't say this is hard for everybody. I When I do the model, I can realize, oh, my thought is that eating eating less sugar is hard? Um, how do I feel when I feel that eating less sugar is hard? I feel defeated. And my actions when I feel defeated tend to be like not trying hard, probably just eating more sugar because I'm defeated. <laughs> not trying not being curious about it. Remember actions can be what you're doing and what you're not doing. Not being curious. 
about like options, maybe not packing a healthy lunch because I'm defeated. Um, and then my results of my actions is that not eating less sugar is still hard because I haven't set myself up for anything that's going to make us any easier because I feel defeated because I think eating less sugar is hard. Right. So this alone gives me so much insight of like, ah, no wonder why I'm stuck on my current level of sugar consumption. And then I did an intentional model. So you keep the circumstance the same. Goal, eating less sugar. And with the intentional model, you can do a couple of things. You can like pick a pie in the sky thought but that, which really resonates for some people, like this is my like dream of what I, how I wish I could be and behave. Some people that doesn't feel very true to them. And you can never like steal a thought that doesn't feel like it lands, right? Like it's very, it's very difficult. So you can do like bridge thoughts of like, I'm learning how to become a person who doesn't eat sugar all the time. Instead of like, I'm a person who doesn't eat sugar all the time. That feels very untrue to me because it's not congruent with my current lived experience. But the thought that did resonate in my intentional model was sugar's not part of a healthy lifestyle, of my healthy lifestyle. That feels very true to me. Sugar isn't a part of my healthy lifestyle. That feels super true. And how does that make me feel? That makes me feel pretty confident because if that feels pretty secure to me. I feel pretty confident with that. Confident. I might pick empowered. They really only want you to put one feeling in your model, <laughs> model rules. Otherwise it just gets mushy. Um, and then actions, I'm gonna pick empowered. Actions are, um, Maybe meal planning, different choices. When I feel empowered, but I still get an urge for sugar, it helps me be like, an urge is just an urge and I don't have to respond to it because I'm empowered. So not responding to urges. And you, you can put as many actions or not actions in your action line as you want. Like you can do all of it. There you go. The results of that is a healthy lifestyle. Lifestyle. And like, so I got coached on this the other, the other day and it just, it clicked. It doesn't mean I'm going to like be living in my intentional model all the time. The goal is to like become living in it, but it's like, I'm going to fall back to the, this is hard. Another thing for sugar for me, I, I get coached on sugar a decent amount of the time. Another thing for sugar for me is um, my feeling of I deserve it. I'm entitled to it. And like, not, I, I would not have any of that insight if I hadn't been coached on like why I want to change, why it's hard for me to change. But this like, and that's very humbling of like, oh, I have a sense of entitlement to soy caramel lattes at 1 p.m. in clinic, on clinic days. Like, oh, isn't that interesting that you feel entitled to that? So tons of insight. But then I can, I now I have this intentional model of like, I can use it and drop into it, which helps me. Especially if I get that thought of sugar is hard, be like, sugar, quitting sugar is hard. But sugar is not part of my healthy lifestyle. Intentional model. Doesn't mean you're perfect. You do, this, The goal of coaching is not to be perfect. The goal of coaching is not to be happy all the time. None of this like fake shit, you guys. It's to help us be the best human that we can be and to have insight into our life, into our brain. And not, and not respond all the time to every single damn thought that we have. Because the brain's just going to make thoughts all the time. Sometimes these thoughts come from the trauma of 
childhood, sometimes these thoughts come from the trauma of being socialized as an, uh, an American. Sometimes the thoughts come from surgery training, right? They're just in there and they're well-worn. Like some of my well-worn, I hope this is hopeful, uh, helpful. I'm just kind of chatting about my coaching journey. But some of my great successes in being coached is uh, I had a well-worn thought of I'm not a good mom when I am at work. I'm so much better at that. I got coached extensively on my time scarcity problems. There's not enough time. So much better at that now. That that rarely comes up for me. And and I would argue I'm more productive and do more things now than I ever have. That damn time time scarcity thought will torture you. Um, but realizing like the thought of there's not enough time is a thought and it's not a fact. Everybody has 24 hours in a day. But like what beliefs are, beliefs are just thoughts. We've thought so much that they become facts. I call them like facty, facty thoughts. I can't tell. I think Friday morning's raising her hand again. I'm going to allow her to talk. I hey, did you want to say, say something? I actually had another like coaching topic. If we have time, whenever yeah. you finish your discussion on the well, model, hopefully that was clear enough for sunny day. Yes. Thank you. Was it good? Okay. So another thing that we talk about in coaching a lot is that like you can control your thoughts, but you can't control someone else's and like how they receive what you put out in the world um and i i've ran into this problem uh i mean where you know you put something out there that you think is appropriate for the situation and someone else is interpreting it as not and then they take it personally so we can do a specific example because it'll probably make more sense um and so um, in kind of a trauma setting, you know, trauma patient coming in, my nurse practitioner is doing one of, you know, one of my nurse practitioners is all about the social history and talking about all that. And in the trauma setting, not important. Like we get there, but like, let me do ABCs, look at the patient, find out what happened, where they hurt, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have cut her off before to do what I'm doing. So she's not distracting the patient from the questions that I'm asking. Um, And this, she brought this up as in like, I don't value her and, um, you know, thanks to that is making it about a lot more than what it is, which is just, I'm trying to take care of the patient. And this is, I know how, how I know how, Mm -hmm. how do you work that? situation where I'm putting something out there that it's just not being interpreted how I'm meaning it yeah you know she's you know I'm in my like coaching world of these are these are the things that I put out there I didn't mean any of this by it and when I told her like I don't mean that she's like well what does that even mean like what useful is that to me like that's just a cop-out when I tried to tell her of like, that's not what I meant by any of this. Like, I'm sorry you took it that way. Like, let's talk about that. Um, then like, that's the reaction again. Yeah, I know. And then you're like, everybody needs coaching help. Yeah. Yeah. All, all my patients need coaching. All my coworkers need coaching. Um, I know, but they won't Co- like most people don't care about having insight into how the world works or how their brains work. Like it's like, it's hard for me to believe, but they just don't care. Um, Yeah. I think, I mean, what's, I like the power of coaching and to be like, you do you and it, how anybody you are, you are, you're a circumstance to her, right? Like the coaches will get all coachy talky on that. They'll be like, you're her C she's having teas about your C, (laughs) right? Like they'll, they'll get all like coachy on it. But like you are, you're her circumstance and she's having thoughts about you, right? Like right. Everybody, everybody in my life, I'm just their circumstance, right? 
And so like, there's, I think there's that part to it of like, she sounds pretty defensive in like, you hurt her and she's not willing, she's not going to be willing to hear your side of the story. Like, and it's, maybe, you know, I'm not, not. going to put everything on someone. Like I know I, I've been very terse and have a more, much more gruff tone, mm-hmm. especially in a trauma setting than I do when we're, you know, shooting the breeze between patients and rounds. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, that's kind of part of the ball game. Um, in my opinion, anyway, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything that I can do differently, how to like any tools of like consciously, maybe like changing your tone. Um, like the two of us sat down and we, I said like, what do you need? Like, how can we make this better? Um, you know, can we come up with a process together that we're both comfortable with? And like, that's how we do it. Um, and we did, and then we like had a patient, we'd worked it on and we both said like, yes, that felt much better, but you know, it's just the example of, I'm sure this happens where someone has a strong reaction to something I said or did. And I guess maybe I just need to have that pause of, and make my tone better. Yeah. I, I mean, I have think, a pause when someone's life is on the line. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all nice and good to like learn about coaching and then be like, I need you to do a model right now in the middle of cracking this chest. Like it's not going to happen. Right. And like when it's truly an emergency, you need to do the emergency first. And then you have to like clean up the collateral damage afterwards. But I think part of like, you know, real realizing is like when a trauma response is happening, you aren't interested in what in the social history. You're not. Yeah. And and, and like and it, it might come across as I'm super annoyed a social history is happening right now. Right. And and then she's like, yes. and then her, her interpretation is she doesn't like me. She's super harsh. She's blah, blah, blah. And like digging into yours, your, you know, your model is like, I can't fucking believe a social history is happening right now. I need to focus on the hemorrhage. Right. And be like, you probably are coming across. And I'm, I mean, I'm assuming and making this up right now, but it's like, you probably are coming right. across as if a fucking social history is not important right now. I'm sure I am. Yeah. Right. But that's what I'm trying to convey. Yeah. (laughs) Of like, she is picking up on some accuracies (laughs) of what's going on. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you know, and and I think that's in talking about like my own personal evolution on this, because I'm very much like you, like when shit's hitting the fan, I am not fluffy at all. I have, I have very short declarative sentences and my short declarative sentences upset a lot of people. Right. And then realizing like, yes. okay, okay yes. what's behind my short declarative sentence? Cause I'm like, I'm just telling you the facts. And they're like, your facts hurt. And you're like, okay, well behind my facts, like when I dig into and do my own model on that is like, I don't have time for you. You're not important, but like, oh, that's why it's coming across that way. Okay. I see that. Does that make sense? How do you make it? It does make sense. But now I want the answer of how do you make it better? <laughs> I know. I'm like, and I'll just leave you with the insight. Bye-bye. <laughs> uh, um, I mean, okay. I think I, I don't, that, yeah. I don't think there's one right answer of like, just remember to smile when you're doing a trauma. Like there is a one right answer, but it's like, as, as we get better and better at realizing like, yeah, I'm just her circumstance. But truly, my and these are you're not having these conscious thoughts of like in in the middle of a trauma, but like the way you're behaving is because she's not important right now. And they were like, I don't know why she feels so bad about this. And you're like, well, because she kind of wants to be important because we all do. But like realizing, like I think surgeons and you know personalities like us, we are trained to like get that business done to the exclusion. Like, I will like, what's the like fire flamethrower? Like I will flamethrow on any relationship when a trauma response is happening because a trauma response is happening. And then I got to go clean up all the relationships. Right. And then you see that and you're like, I might actually save time if I cannot flamethrow and not have to go clean it up. Okay. How can I save time now? And like, I'm only sharing, like, this was not an easy process for me. 
of like, I had to go, because I'm like, I would just like the quick fix of like how to make everybody love me all the time when I'm doing a trauma response. But I think it does start being like, even though I'm not consciously thinking that like, she's really stupid right now for doing a social history, like it's in there and they're picking up on it. Okay. That helps. It's kind of like, I feel like I'm, I it, it's kind of a duality of like, and at the same time, her, her feelings and like, those are hers. Those are not yours, but you, you can be the person of like, I want to work with you. And I actually do care about you. Let's talk about this. And at the same time, be like, at the end of the day, if she just thinks you're a shit and doesn't want to work with you again, like that's is on her. Like you can't go beating yourself up for the rest of your life over it. Like it's, it's kind of like this duality of like, yes, you are responsible for how you come across, but ultimately how the world responds to you is not on you. Like it's a duality, right? Right. And I guess I went so far from like, you know, caring and I can control what everybody thinks to then saying like, I can't control what they think, but I want to find that middle ground of like, I can control how I come across. So it's like a higher percentage that it's going to go well. Um, rather than just throwing out there whatever I do and then, you know, it does not get taken well. Yeah, totally. One one tool that has worked for me, like in working with like MAs and nurses and stuff is like me, like reminding myself they're on my team. These people are on my team. These people want to help the patient. And it might be a different thought for you. But like when things get hurried and like they do something that is just like idiotic and stupid instead of me, I'm like, they're trying to help the patient. They're on my team. Okay, here we go. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That's that was good to talk about. This is like really important, amazing work. And it like ultimately is going to make you the best leader and the best you. And even the insight of like, you know what, during like, even for, for somebody to say during a trauma response, I get very short and I, I'm very direct and I speak in very declarative sentences. And I never want that to mean that you're not on my team and I don't, I don't want you here or that I don't like you. Like even just saying that makes you so human that most people will be like, she's got insight. That's amazing. She's trying to bond with me. It's awesome. Yeah. It certainly works better than like, that will probably... oh, those are just your thoughts. Like that actually never goes well. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Like, even though, you know, she's, her brain's just having thoughts, but like we can, we can become like coaching assholes pretty quickly when you're like, it's just your thoughts. You're just having some feelings. Process them. <laughs> it's not me it's not me i'm just i'm neutral you're just having feelings about me yeah that's your problem like you can go with coaching dick pretty quick <laughs> you like yeah. use use the tools against you right or or against like your team is like eh, probably not what we should do with them no not no it's not <laughs> thank you for bringing that up that was very good and i know it helps people thank you Absolutely. All right, everybody. That was a good hour. New people. We're so glad you're here. Nothing's repetitive. Nothing's a stupid question. This is not like you, you just get it and you're good. This like is amazing work that we just keep learning and doing and practicing. It's a practice. It's not a math problem. All right, guys. Love you so much. We will see you next time.